You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. You know what's fucked up about mass shootings right now? What? There was, so the one happened in El Paso, right? Yeah. And then the one that happened in Dayton, like David and I didn't even discuss it when we got home because it was, it's so normalized now. Like think about it, you know, before all of this crazy shit happened, we would have been like, oh my God, did you hear about the mass shooting? Blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah. it's just so normal now. Like it wasn't even a conversation that evening. Yeah. You can't even bring it up. It, like it doesn't. It's yeah. just like, it's, oh, well. Well, it's like Samantha was like, oh, did you see the shooting? So I was like, yep. I mean, that's it. Like it's. And remember, That's, remember, like when Newton happened. What you know? What is that? Like six years ago now, or seven years ago now? You know, like back then. Like I remember, when it was that a big happened. deal. People were scared. They would like sit right. there. They would. Everybody would talk about it. You, you yeah, second, you would sit for days. I you mean, would second guess everything. You would yeah. think about stuff. And now it's just like, well, I'm already taking that risk when I go out. Yeah. So like, it's so commonplace. I remember when that happened. Like people did this. Like three maybe like a five page cover and they had a picture of every victim and yep. i remember just sitting there and looking through the picture and crying and now it's just like like well, well that's what it takes to live in america and it's the same shitty arguments that it was back then yep. people like, well, you know changed. cars kill people so fucking mm-hmm. stupid we have so many regulations on cars and drivers to like, yeah, we're not going to completely get rid of car deaths, but at least we do a lot of things to try to minimize gun right. deaths. We do nothing to minimize gun deaths. I saw something um, on Facebook earlier when I was scrolling through. It was like, um, well, now the plastic straws are banned. I guess I'll just drink this through my assault rifle. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally anything. We will ban or do anything, but we won't put a single thing in place for guns not one single requirement and nope. like even the most i even the most liberal people that i know are so like this isn't a war on guns bitch yes it is what are you talking about mm-hmm. they're like you can't you can take away all the guns but it's not going to change anything and you're like okay well why does it change everything here's the in difference all those other here's the difference i i somebody compared it they were like they posted an article of like a stabbing that happened in some country, some Asian country where guns are banned. Mm-hmm. And they're like, see, take away guns and it still happened. And I was like, the difference here is that two people were injured mm-hmm. and not 25 people were dead and 16 more were injured. Exactly. That's the difference. Also, the difference is, are you having a stabbing every fucking day? Because we're having a mass shooting every fucking day. Yep. So, yeah. Maybe- more than every day if we're at 250. Have we already been 250 days into the year? No, right? No. Yeah. Wait, are we? I don't know. Wait, know. 30 times <laughs> 7. Okay, so we're probably right, we're right around right, it. Right. But still, like you said, like there's 
dozens of people dying of these mass, of these shootings. And that, that's just the mass shootings. That's not all the other individual shootings right. that are happening. Those right. are the mass shootings were more children than two, getting yeah. a hold of their parents' guns. Exactly. And yeah, that's not well, the gang violence. Like none mm-hmm. of that like that this is just the mass shootings right. that we've had. And so we're having thousands of people die every year. And if someone wants to go around with a knife, fine. Well, you know, like not say fine, but you know what I mean. Like it's a lot different many, than walking. How up many and mass stabbings are we really gonna have? Let's be real, people. Like this, I, this stupid idea that if we took away guns, we would just have mass stabbings every day. It's so fucking dumb. It is, and um, I would rather be stabbed than shot with an assault rifle. Right, so. <laughs> your chances of living are a lot higher. Yeah. Because the you know they've got to stab you in just the right spot. Mm-hmm. They've got to stab you deep enough. They're or had, multiple times, and like right. you gotta like exactly. you, you can run from a knife. Exactly, you can run from a knife. You know, and it's you one on one. The grab playing the the field is much more even. Like if I I can't go up against someone who has a gun. Right. You know. But whatever. We all know this, but nobody wants to listen. It's just so irritating. I can't wait, though, until the generation below us, because I'm going to tell you, these fuckheads, these dumb fucks that are raising an entire generation that has to live in constant fear of being shot, you won't have any guns. If you would have just put in comprehensive gun reform, you would have been able to maintain your guns. But you dumb fucks, you're getting old and you're going to die and you're not going to have a single gun because the generation below us is going to burn every gun. There will be no guns in America. 10 to 15 years when... Our generation, uh, well, our generation's starting to um, get some control now, but 10 to 15 years when the next generation really mm-hmm. starts to get their first people in, you're oh, going to yeah. see the next AOC, you're going to see, and it's going to be more. It's going to be, be more. so, well, if the earth's still around by then, but yeah, right. <laughs> it's going to be so much more because of the shit. My sister, my mm-hmm. 14-year-old sister is doing active shooter training at school. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't think those those kids are going to grow up and want to burn every gun? So this idea that you're keeping America free and you're saving the Second Amendment, there will be no Second Amendment in 20 years. And frankly, I don't care. But if you care about the Second Amendment, I would think you would be like, hey, smart thing is let's put some more gun reform in so we don't have kids growing up hating guns. But instead, these kids just grow up hating guns. An entire generation, every single school in America. Yeah. Generation Z is going to completely rid us of guns. Mm -hmm. We will have no guns. So... I guess Second Amendment wins in the end. I don't know. And if all these guys want to barricade themselves and die fighting for their guns, good. Let them barricade themselves so long that we'll take all your guns, we'll burn your guns. Whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so over this idea that we have to, like, be held hostage by a couple hundred or a couple thousand lunatics that are like, oh, all right, if you want my guns, you can come take them from my cold, dead hands. Okay, motherfucker. If that's what we got to do to keep everybody else safe, fine. I guess we're at that point. I don't really give a fuck. We'll come take them from your cold, dead hands. Um, anyways, this is the Your Queer Story podcast. <laughs> we were like, wait, what podcast are they doing? What is this? I Where am I at? History. What am I listening to? Um, white terrorism is on the rise in America. Oh, no. um, been on the rise since 2016. Well, it's been on the rise. What but happened? It is Gosh, what happened that year? Um, and uh, we're the podcast that promotes love, happiness, and radicalism. <laughs> so uh, hope you enjoy listening. Is I'm it? Paul Hobbs. <laughs> and I'm Evan Jones. <laughs> we're talking about Hindu queerness today. It was you talk about peace and love and religion, and we just want to start it off with a lot of violence. And There's and been a lot of shit happening in the United States, and with like the, the internet, I feel like before things that happen like this weren't that big of a deal but now the rest of the world's looking at us like 
what the fuck did Everyone we do? Everyone is really like, is America going to get their shit together? Because at first they were like, oh, wow, America, get your shit together. But now they're like, oh, wow, I don't think America is going to get their shit together. Right. Literally, they're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, they're, like, okay. they're going to classify us with like North Korea, right. Russia, We're gonna Iran. Be those, yeah. We're going to be equal. We're going to be the crazy extremists. Where everyone's like, okay, like they make sure that we don't try to blow them up, but also they have no respect for us. Right. Like, you know, they don't fear us. They don't respect us. We went from being "Mm." the most respected nation. I mean, this is what I was taught. (laughs) We went from being. nationalism team. We went. At least one of the most legitimate power formations. I feel like we were very respected in the world, not in terms of power. I just meant like as a country, we were respected. Um, And then now everybody's like, what the fuck? Yeah. We went with, like, people certainly hated us, but, like, that that's what happens when you're competitive. But there's a difference. I don't know if it was respect or not, but there was some kind of recognition that we had some status. Right. Now we don't have any status. No, now we're just lunatics. Now we're just lunatics. We're Fucking just crazy, Canada radicalized Christians. Up. Wow. All the years we spent making fun of Canada, and Canada just shot right past us. That's what we get. Yep. It's like we were the bullies in high school who peaked in high school who thought we were so cool and we beat up on Canada all, uh, over and over again and we beat up on Mexico and Mexico's going to be the next one. Well, you know what I've always th- like I didn't think about until because when you think about it in high school, 200 we've been around for what 200 something years like as a country. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. that sounds like so long when you're in high school, right? You're like, "Wow, we've been around forever." Yeah. But then you're like the Chinese government has been around for thousands Thousands of of years years. we are infants as a country in terms of world livelihood in terms of government development in terms of you know growing as people and Mm -hmm. starting to show yeah it's (laughs) It's starting to show because you know we had this success and america like shot forward as a nation so quickly which gave us this incredible ego. They're like, oh, see, we figured it out. Democracy, that's the way to go. But, like, I remember there was a quote a long time ago. Someone asked a Chinese leader, like, what he thought of America's, like, quick success. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's too early to tell. And that's the truth. It's too early to tell. You can look at us and think that, oh, see, we've established ourselves, but we're just, like, uh, peaking and crashing, apparently, because we didn't take care of the other shit. Right. We didn't take care of the other shit. We took care of the rich people, that which made us peak real quick, but we didn't take care of everybody else. And so the whole idea of democracy just went down in flames because you didn't you didn't make it equal. You didn't right. make it fair. Exactly. Anyways, we got to talk about the Hindu <laughs> people. <laughs> so uh, we've talked plenty about America, and mm-hmm. we are continuing our trend of August being International Listener Month. Yep. Um, and today we're going to talk about Hindu queerness. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what was I going to say? Um, so obviously the Hindu religion represents a lot of people. Um, and we understand that all around the world. But this, when we, when I was writing this, I was thinking mostly about like Southeast Asia. But you know, any of our Hindu listeners around the world, this works. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I'll go. I don't feel like I've started in a while. You haven't. No, I haven't. I've heard enough <laughs> of my voice. Me too. All right. As we continue to celebrate listeners around the world, today we pay tribute to those in or from Southeast Asia, specifically our Hindu listeners. Now, we realize that not every person from South 
from Southern Asia is Hindu, but a vast majority do follow the religion. After all, it is the third largest religion practiced around the world, especially in India and Nepal, where 80% of the population adheres to some form of Hinduism. And of course, we know that we have Hindu listeners in other parts of the planet as well. On other parts of the planet as well? Okay. (laughs) We want to preface this episode and our uploaded script with a disclaimer. We are not religious experts, nor do we have any extensive or deep knowledge of Hinduism. This episode is meant as a surface discussion on the Hindu religion and its queer ties, as reported by other journalists and experts. Also, please keep in mind that we are a comedy podcast and do not mean any disrespect through our lighter tone. And so without further delay, let's get queer. And again, we will not be as as brutal as we are on the Christians um, for sure. So you don't have to worry there. And I do think that we, we do get a little too aggressive when we make fun of the Bible sometimes. Not because no. it's real, but because... They are manipulative assholes. They deserve everything they get. are not all, not all, Paul. We have people of faith who listen and that's fine. And we're trying to be respectful. But the Bible is um, a book of mythology, just like these are mythology. If you want to believe them or get um, like pull inspiration from them, find some some teaching and meaning. If you want to find truth in Evan's these stories, Evan's just digging a fine. hole. I'm gonna give him the shovel. I'm not. No, no. I because I'm I'm stating that like I don't I don't like when people say you can't make fun of these religious texts. But I also understand that people find find truth and inspiration in these texts. Just because something's made up doesn't mean you can't find truth in it. That's how I look at it. I just, that's all. I'm just th- thinking about people of faith that listen, and I don't want to um, disrespect them, but I also want, but I also like a balanced approach to things. Whatever. That's you why can, we work together. You can find one of my favorite books and make fun of it as much as you want. Um, I would recommend One Nation Under God by Kevin M. Cruz. Go ahead, read it, make fun of it if you dare. Um, Evan would really like that. I would. <laughs> so, there are many homoerotic and gender fluid themes in Hinduism, but we must remember that as Westerners, we are looking at these themes through our distorted binary lens. In Hindu culture, the concept of three genders or fluidity between genders has been taught through stories of the gods and heroes for many millenniums. The break in strict gender roles defies European and American teachings the same way Eastern polytheism challenges Western monotheism. So while we are experiencing a modern enlightenment in the way we perceive gender and sexuality, in truth, these ideas are nothing new, which is what we've talked about on the podcast. Yeah. Literally since day one. <laughs> exactly. To be like, and once again, we did not come up with this. We didn't like this has been around. But forever. of course, America's going to claim all the credit. So. Oh God! Was there something else? Uh, oh yeah, we're going to claim credit. There was something I didn't read it, but there was some lawmaker um, blamed the latest shootings on transgender on drag queens and drag queens yes drag queens i did see that (laughs) yeah you know those drag queens man everybody's up in arms about drag queens most people didn't even know what a drag queen was like five years ago literally if you said drag queen people be like they kind of like had heard of it probably and they're like oh yeah is that those people people thought drag queens were transgender i would say most people probably didn't know i'm just looking at pictures most people (laughs) probably didn't know but i'm sure like you know like your average person probably had at least heard of the term drag queen and now RuPaul decided that he was going to go mainstream with How everything and take over the world. Mm-mm. 
and uh, drag queen story hours. Drag the queen most, story hours. The biggest threat to America oh, are by you far. Kidding me? Oh my God! I don't know. Run with your children and hide, people. Run and t- read them a a book that's full of abuse and rape and incest. But for God's sake, do not let a drag queen read them a are fairy tale. You, no, no, absolutely. That's not. absolutely gonna ruin their that's lives. Gonna ruin your life. All right. So the Vedas. V-E-D-A-S. I'm really sorry. That's basically the Bible of Hinduism, to put it in our Eastern terms. Western. um, Or Western terms. You know where we are. To put it in American terms, everything's just, this is the Bible of whatever, because we just say that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Vedas is the oldest religious text in recorded history. Older than the Bible? Yes, I know. You Christians are shocked. Dating 6,000 years. That started when the Bible was written. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. God wrote the Bible when he created the universe. So, yeah, so. I guess we're wrong. Fake dating, news. <laughs> it dates 6,000 years before the Christian timeline and 5,000 years before. Oh, actually, they're supposed to be 7,000 years before the birth of Islam because Islam came after Christianity. It is full of many sensual and sexual acts. However, they are rarely performed for pleasure. More often, the acts are done as a symbol or metaphor to a deeper lesson. One of the main ways we see queer themes presented in Hinduism is through the metamorphosis or incarnation of gods. The story of Shiva emerging, Shiva, Shiva, Shiva Shiva merging with the goddess Parvati is one of the most well-known in Hindu folklore. It is in the original telling, Parvati wanted to share the experience of her lord Shiva. So she asked the god to literally join them together. In this bond, they be... What? Are you laughing at the fact that I have no idea how to say this next word? Yes. In this, in this bond, they became known as Adhanarishava. So this is... It sounded like a really good idea when I decided to write this episode, but the fact that I wouldn't be able to pronounce 90% of the names now comes back. So that's A R D. H-A-N-A-R-I-S-H-V-A-R-A. And there's really no point for me to spell it out because there's also like six different ways. Because like any other religious text, you have pieces all around and they'll have the general story, but the story will vary from... um, Oh yeah, you know, this person retold it this way, this person retold it this way, this person retold it this way. And they'll have different names for the gods in there. Shiva is, of course, one of the most well-known gods, but like even Shiva has different names Mm -hmm. that he goes by. So... Um, so anyways, but so Pravarti asked Shiva to join them together and their name means the Lord whose half is a woman. Hindu scholar said Guru, Sadguru, sorry, Sadguru explained. What is being said is that if the inner masculine and feminine meet, they are in a perpetual state of ecstasy. Well, that explains my whole life. Ah, there you go. Also, um, also Shiva is a female. No, Shiva is a male god. Okay, well, I'm going off of Final Fantasy, the <laughs> okay. video game, which right. clearly had Shiva as a naked woman. Oh, be, which we are going to get to because Shiva transformed himself. So first of all, again, this goes back to the whole idea of what gender is to us because Shiva takes on many more, many forms. But in his most, um, or in their most um, prominent self, they are seen in a masculine form, but they take on many forms all the gods do they also have a lot of sex and it's never really supposed to be about sex but apparently anytime they need to make a point they're doing some kind of sexual act that's how i live my life that's (laughs) 
<laughs> you want something? That's right. Make it happen. Just and just explain it through sex. So we see the blending of male and female gods repeatedly throughout Hindu teachings, as well as the morphing of male gods into female avatars. And often this would result in sexual encounters that didn't fit a heteronormative box. For instance, when the god Vishnu transformed into the female seductress Mohini, things got a bit dicey. The enchantress is first introduced in the epic Mahabharata, Mahabharata, where Vishnu transforms into her so that he might trick the demons into giving up the elixir of life. After accomplishing her task, Mohini is seen by the Lord Shiva, who becomes bereft of shame and robbed by her of good sense. He is so enthralled with the enchantress that he spills in semen on the rocks, turning them into gold and silver. So yeah, so so first of all, Shiva is masculine in many forms because Shiva sprays his semen around a lot. It's a big thing. So basically, yeah, so Vishnu transforms into Mohini. And the thing is, uh, I mean, Shiva pursues Mohini even after learning that she is a male god, Vishnu, in disguise. In one adaptation of the story, Shiva pleads with Vishnu to transform back into Mohini. The writer of this tale states that Vishnu is afraid that he will be turned to ashes, but Shiva that he will be turned to ashes by Shiva if he complies. Yet in another similar story, Vishnu happily transforms for Shiva, prompting the god to ejaculate once again, like the second she transformed. <laughs> she was that's just like, called ah. pre- That's called premature ejaculation. <laughs> and you know what? Facebook has been giving me this ad lately where it's like, this is, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like an, an ad for premature ejaculation. And I'm like, I don't have that problem. Why does this keep appearing? Well, it knows it's happening. It's coming. <laughs> Maybe it's like, you're getting a little... Does that happen when you get older? I don't know, but I don't Premature know why... Premature ejaculation? I don't know why I I'm getting... I thought erectile dysfunction would be more I, likely. Yeah, but I don't know why I'm getting this ad. Is it like, because I'm a gay male, are they targeting me? I don't know. I don't know. It's been very Maybe strange, just a male. though. I don't know. It's probably just a male. Maybe. That's it. Um, yeah. But where is it? it? Oh, yeah. So Shiva and Mahoney, who is really Vishnu. So he, you know, has his thing, right? Mm hmm. I don't know. So, but then again, like, it's not even seen as a gay thing. Yeah. But it's not even seen as like a gay thing. It's just seen as like, I don't know. Like, you know that Vishnu is male, but he can look like a female, and that really gets you excited. So. Mm So yet in another similar, oh wait, no, prompting the god to ejaculate once again, just say that one more time, this time creating the god Ayappa, sometimes known as Shasta, who became a great hero in Hindu legend. That's what happened when uh, Shiva ejaculated again. Just so randomly time, created a god out of the Every out time of he ejaculates, he creates something. Because it's a metaphor for creation, but like... Imagine if they had abortion back then, half these gods wouldn't exist. They wouldn't. They, no, what do you mean an abortion? What does that have to do with it? It's his ejaculation. That's every time he masturbates, every time he just comes. He's just creating something. Can you imagine how awful it would be if every time you came... <laughs> do you know how a, many gods there would be in this world? <laughs> you know there how many would be kids at least, you would wait, have? Wait, let me see. Are you really trying to add up how many times you've ejaculated? I'm trying to think. Oh my God. Yeah, I use a calculator. <laughs> okay, so six times a day, 365 Wait. days for the last 26 years. Is it 20? The world. 
I have not, not been ejaculating since I was a one-year-old. The world would have over 5,500 gods. Oh, wow. <laughs> How fantastic. Just what Jesus, I could have my own whole religion. I know. You could. I mean, gosh. How, how, but how, like, divine are you? You're just being created willy-nilly. I like the gods that earn their place. Right. So one author wrote that the mere sight of Mohini would cause Shiva's seed to spurt. <laughs> and another tale told of the two gods getting married, despite Vishnu pointing out that same-sex marriage was unfruitful. There are many, many stories of Vishnu and Shiva told in different Hindu cultures around the world. Each one is a little different. In some tellings, the relationship is shameful. And this all has to do with the context, right? It's the same story, yep. but it's like these people believe that homosexuality is wrong, so we're going to tell it in a shameful stance. And these people believe that all love is okay, so we're going to tell it in a good. Yep. It's all down to interpretation of religious texts. So in others, the story of love is beautiful. And in still others, the romance is merely a footnote of little consequence. But the concept of two male gods falling in love remains the same regardless of the outcome. Of course, homoerotic romance is not the only part of Hinduism that deals with queer issues. Themes of transgender and intersex people are incredibly strong in the religion's teaching. Shikandi, sometimes called Shikandini, was a hero born a male in a female body. As with every other story in Hindu folklore, there are many legends surrounding Shikandi. But our favorite is this one. Drupada, king of southern Panchala, Panchala I am sorry if I am butchering all of these words. <laughs> it's a, I, it's a awful. <laughs> I'm, genuinely, I'm genuinely trying. This is my American privilege showing that we never had to learn words like this. Yeah. Uh, so I do apologize if I'm offending right. you with so, every other word out of my mouth. We're like, we want to do something nice for our Hindu listeners. And we're like, Zerpeda of Pinchulia. Yeah. <laughs> so he yearns for an heir but remains childless. He wanders into the forest hoping to find peace among nature and, then, and there stumbles upon a little girl. He picks her up and a voice from the heaven tells the king to take the child for his own. But he must raise her as a man. Drupada follows instructions and trains Shikandi to become a great warrior. In time, Shikandi is married off to the princess Dasharna, who realized on their wedding night that her husband doesn't have a penis. That's a big secret to keep. That is a Until your wedding big, day? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, how you're expecting to get around that. Like, also good for them for waiting for their wedding night right? and being pure. But, yeah. This well, is why you don't wait. This is, this is exactly why you don't wait, because you do need to know what's going on down there. If you decide to love that person regardless, fine, but like you should at least, if you're getting married, if you're just started dating, uh, you know, keep it to yourself. But if you're getting married, you got to have an idea what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So the princess complains to her father that her groom is a woman, which prompts the king of Dasharna to send a band of men to discover the truth of this accusation. Panicked and ashamed, Shikandi flees to the forest to escape his hunters, and there he met Yaksha named Stuna. A Yaksha. No. Oh, yeah, sorry. He met a Yaksha named Stuna. These were magical creatures similar to the Western legends of fairies. Tales of Yakshas show them being kind and benevolent, while other stories show Yakshas as mischievous and haunting. Fortunately, Shikandi met a benevolent Yaksha who traded his male body for Shikandi's female body. The warrior returned to his bride and was thoroughly investigated. The father's 
The princess's father even sent a tribe of women to determine his manliness. Wow, <laughs> imagine that. Like, you're like, that? I'm going to marry this guy. Okay, well, first of all, all of these people are going to go investigate his body before you ever get to do anything. All your cousins with it. are coming and they're going to have sex with him. And then if they decide that he's manly enough, then you too can have sex with him. And that is my gift to you because I love you. Imagine. I've been listening. Bernie is officially back. So you're, you're going to have to listen to the Bernie voice for the next year, folks. You're welcome. The trait of gender was meant to be temporary. Yet, when the god of the fairies, Kubera, found that Shthuna had traded his gender shoot to Shikandi, the god became enraged. He threatened to curse the fairy as a female for all eternity. However, after being calmed down by other yakshas, the god instead cursed Shthuna as a female until Shikandi's death. It is interesting and important to note the sexism in this story. Even in Hindu folklore, filled with goddesses and female warriors and transgender heroes and gods, sexism still runs deep in many of the pages. Shikandi has a son with his wife and goes on to defeat the most powerful warrior in Hindu legend, Bhishma, just a few days after his trial. You hear Samantha in the background. I'm sorry. She needs to watch her Law and Order. Okay. <laughs> just a few days after this triumph, Shikandi dies in the battle of Mahabharata. 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 Yeah. So the even in Hinduism, like you have, it's really odd to me because, like, in Christianity, you don't really have any female heroes. Right. Everybody's you, male and. Exactly. These are the guys who are running shit. The big leaders. And then, mm -hmm. like, there's a couple of, like, prophetesses and stuff that people are, look to. If you really dig through the Bible, you can find some heroes, Esther and Ruth. But, like, other than that, like, there's not any central figures that are female. But in Hinduism, you have a lot of goddesses. Mm -hmm. Yet, they are always subversive to men. And there's still... And, like, the the god is so um, angry at the at the Aksha for trading his gender that he's like, well, fine, you could just be a, a woman forever. And yep. again, being like, like implying that, that that's a bad thing. Right. You know. So another story of queer themes, if not odd, is that of the goddess Bahuchara, uh, the goddess Bahuchara Mata. We can't decide if this story is homophobic or feminist power or third sex enlightenment or maybe all three. It, and the more I did looked into it, the less I think it was homophobic, but it, we'll talk about it. It's kind of odd. So we should note that there are many devoted transgender and intersex followers of this goddess. We will let our listeners decide for themselves what they think of Bahuchara. Her story begins when she was a mere mortal and was attacked by a highway robber named Bapia. The marauder attempted to the marauder 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 I'm the one who put it in there. The marauder attempted to rape Bahuchara and her sister, but instead the two women cut off their breaths and bled to death. That's extreme. You could have just stabbed <laughs> yourself in the stomach, but I guess she's like, or I you don't... could have just stabbed him. <laughs> that's that, a good that's point. That's an option. You had the knife, so <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it took a lot longer to cut their. <laughs> Like, <laughs> they like oh man, buddy. Oh. I mean, I get. I guess I get the point a little bit because she didn't want him to enjoy her body after she died. But mm. still, you're right. It took a long time for her to sit there and saw off her knife, her breast, and you would think in that time she would have just stabbed him. But whatever. There's a hole. There's a there's a hole in this plot. <laughs> okay. So as payment for his crime, Bapia was cursed by the gods as impotent, and Bahu. 
and Bahuchara was transformed into a goddess. However, there is also a Did very... her sister just get fucked over? Her sister didn't get to become... <laughs> she did the same exact her thing. Her sister probably didn't. She's like, look, we can just stab. And she's like, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing, sis. We're doing the this. The sister just gets because... fucked over. She doesn't get like, to become okay. a goddess. So I just die, and I don't even get to become a goddamn goddess, and you cut my breast off. <laughs> uh, there can only be room for one. <laughs> okay. Um... There's another variance of the story where Bahuchara follows her husband into the woods and finds him engaging in homosexual acts and dressing as a woman. She confronts her husband and demands to know why he married her if he didn't want her. He explains that he was forced into the marriage by his parents and pleads for her understanding. Some legends have it that Bahuchara agreed to forgive her husband only after cursing him with impotence and requiring that he and his kind dress as a woman and worship her as a goddess. So what, so like there's two, like some people interpret it as he was transgender mm-hmm. and that's like these homosexual acts were actually just him expressing uh, a feminine, it was just an, a feminine expression and she was actually releasing him to mm-hmm. be able to express himself. But then there's also the thing that maybe he just liked men and she was like, oh, right. well, if you want to fuck men, why don't you just be a girl? Right. So, but, but it has it's down been, to interpretation. It is. It's down to interpretation. But again, like I said, a lot of transgender Hindus have taken her on as a goddess. So I guess we should trust them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever you think. So once immortal, Bahuchara begins to visit men who are impotent and creates them as a third sex, removing their genitals and cursing them as kleba, which means one of the third sex. However, this curse often worked to the advantage of the Kleba. For instance, when Arjuna was returning home after 12 years of exile, their new Kleba curse disguised them so that they could re-enter their kingdom without detection. But she was not only overseer of third sex and gender queer people. She definitely aided transgender warriors such as Shikandi, mentioned previously, and Tejpal. According to mythology, Tejpal was also raised as a boy like Shikandi. He also fled for his life after being outed as having female genitalia. In the forest, he found a magical pool which could transform any being into a different kind of being. When Tejpal entered this pool, his body changed to a male form and even, and he even sprouted a mustache. After his physical transformation, Tejpal built a temple to honor the goddess Bahuchara. Wow, I am struggling here. You are struggling. It's just so many. It's because we keep tripling over all these mm-hmm. um, words. I wish there was a pool that you could just walk into and spread a mustache because here I am going on a year and a half plus of tea. Can you see the outline? Yeah, you're getting it. Can it's coming see? in. I have these tiny little hairs on my chin that I refuse to shave. So I just keep trimming them because otherwise they grow really long and look stupid, which they already look a little stupid. But I just can't bring myself to cut them off. <laughs> so... Yeah, thank you for that that very fake laugh. <laughs> no, I was laughing because David, he has these like he on his ears for some reason he gets these really long white hairs. Like mm-hmm. you will never see it unless the light hits it the right way. Yeah. And I've told him about him before and I've like tried to secretly like wrap it around my finger and yank it <laughs> off. And he will <laughs> You're like kissing him and trying to rip hair off his ears? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> They're I don't like them. So then uh, we're sitting in the car the other day because I get he like li- he turned the light on in the bathroom and I, like he just looked at it in the right way. He's like, oh, my God, do you see this hair on my ear? And I was like, yes, David, I've been telling you about these hairs for five years. <laughs> of course, I've seen them. And he's like, well, why didn't you try to get rid of them? And I was like, I've tried to get rid of them and you stopped me. <laughs> so then fast forward, like two days later, we're sitting in the car and he like he's driving and he goes, oh, my God, I forgot my ears bleeding. 
like why is your ear bleeding he shaved his ear and like cut his ear with the razor because he finally realized that he had these massive hairs on his ear He's just shaving his whole ear off. yeah just like and he, i guess he like cut himself <laughs> oh my god that's good i don't have any hair on my ears that's nice. Although Samantha is constantly trying to pop my pimples and I hate it. I try to pop David's pimples too. I hate it so much. I First of all, I hate it because she just walks up to me and she'll like be rubbing my back and she'll be like, hey, babe. And then the next thing I know, she's squeezing <laughs> a pimple. I'm like, no, you got I it. want that there. No. You don't get to take you it. You have to do it. Just do it in the moment. No. All right. <laughs> so another aspect of Hindu queerness are the many same-sex parents and single-sex parents. The god Varuna conceived when his semen fell on a mount of termites. Varuna ha- also had a male lover in the god Mitra. So that's just as an example. So like like Shiva, like every time the gods ejaculate, they're just making another mm-hmm. kid. So, <laughs> um, but Varuna also had a male lover in the god Mitra. The two conceived two children together through surrogates. Their intimacy is marked through many forms of Hindu art most notably through the forms of the lunar phases that symbolize same-sex love. The Shatapatha Brahmana, which is another form of, uh, which is another Hindu text, um, reads about the two lovers. Mitra and Varuna are the two half-moons. The waxing one is Varuna and the waning one is Mitra. During the new moon light, during the new moon night, these two meet, and when they are thus together, everyone is pleased. On that same night, Mitra implants his seed and Varuna, and when the moon later wanes, the wanting, that waning is produced from his seed. So I don't think there's any like um, misinterpretation of what's happening there. <laughs> he puts it so, in his butt. He, exactly. And... He implants his seed in him. So I don't think anyone can be like, all right, now see what, what they're really saying there is. Right. It's, like, it's like, not like the Bible where everything's vague. <laughs> they're like, he fucked him in the ass and he filled him with cum. <laughs> exactly. Period. And they're like, okay, then I guess that's what happened. See, I wish the Bible was that direct. Yep. Because just... everybody gets to interpret it how they want otherwise, right? Exactly. There's also the story of two widowed queens who were commanded by Shiva to make love together, and by my blessings you will bear a beautiful son. The two queens obey without question and bear the warrior Bhagiratha, meaning born of two vulvas. Wow. He <laughs> Again, <would>, very direct. <laughs> he would go on to become the greatest king of India. Yeah, they don't like, yeah. They really don't beat around the bush. <laughs> they, they don't. They're just like, yeah, this is what it means. So... Uh, good that's good Mm -hmm. throughout hindu teachings homosexuality and gender fluidity are never explicitly condoned or condemned but yet they are depicted again and again through stories and images in the temples of kajuraho k-h-a-j-u-r-a-h-o the walls are covered with pictures of sexual orgies many of them men on men and women on women This would indicate that these encounters took place in the temple, and the sexual experiences were meant as spiritual rites of passage. Yeah, okay. Well, all right, sure. Another (laughs) queer point is that some of the gods worshipped, such as Ila and Buddha Graha, were neither male nor female, but a third sex. So there's always been a third sex, a very strong third sex theme in Hinduism. Again, denoting this um, ridiculous binary system that we have. Mm -hmm. Again, there is no 
Again, there is not specific teaching that indicates one can be third sex or intersex or transgender, but depictions imply that these are not points to be argued. Instead, fluid gender and sexuality are simply facts of life. And all of this was established over 6,000 years before Christianity decided and came and said, decided to come along and say, uh, no. Nope. Nope, nope, you guys are wrong. We've had it right. And since then, everybody has had, well, not everybody, all places where Christianity is the major religion or they are being invaded by Christian ra radicalists mm -hmm. are being forced into these systems. Yep. So we will end this episode with the God we've deemed the gayest. And again, remember we say this, light, say this lightly in a humorous way and not meant as any disrespect. Paul Hobbes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But we must mention the semen-loving Agni. Agni is the god of fire and was quite literally created from fire. In one poem in the Vedas, Agni's parents are two sticks whose friction creates fire. Angi. Wait. Oh, it's supposed to be Agni. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, now there's another one? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> uh, so Agni. It is interesting to note that two sticks rubbing together was also a symbol of lesbian love. Well, no, it got real creative there. Right? <laughs> As for Agni, perhaps he is the one example of gay parents raising a gay son. Because though he did marry the goddess Svaha, it was known that he loved receiving the semen of other gods. He had a relationship with the god Soma, and one story in particular... In particular Notes how Agni received Soma's semen in his mouth. In another story, Shiva ejaculates and Agni eagerly catches the semen in his hand and swallows it. <laughs> he is condemned for his wicked action, but that does not slow him down. Folklore also tells of how Agni comes upon a mountain made of Shiva's made of Shiva's I don't know why I don't say Shiva. Made of Shiva's semen, because Shiva's just ejaculated Apparently everywhere. mountains, Jesus. Mountains, made of Shiva's semen, and is so aroused that he too ejaculates on the mountain. <laughs> just a it's cum just, mountain. It's just like, ah, uh, every time he sees it's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the many stories that precede the birth of Agni's son, Kartikeya. There are numerous adapt adaptations of this story but most in an agni ejaculating and burying a son alone or through a surrogate metaphor with kartikeya being the product of two male gods in one version shiva forces agni to ingest his semen and then when agni ejaculates into the Ganges river the child is born the son of two gods known as the god of beauty no, and war he was not <laughs> he just he was like he was not the god of fire. He was the god of cum. He like just he literally. Should have been. Literally every story I read of him is like, and then Agni came here, and then on this thing he's swallowing this guy's cum, and here he receives this god's cum. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? So, uh, and on that note, we will end our episode of Hindu queerness. If you would like to check out a more comprehensive study on this topic, then we suggest the book <laughs> that we can't pronounce. Tritiyai, Tritiyai. Chitiya Prakriti, People of the Third Sex by Amar, Amar Das Wilhelm. We want to point out that this book is 15 years old and some of the language surrounding queer identities is dated. Yes, even in 15 years, we've come a long way. However, the content is still solid and, and is from a queer Hindu with quite a bit of knowledge. The link to buy the book or download the ebook for only $3.99 is available on our published script at yourqueerstory.com. We would also encourage our queer Hindu listeners to check out the Gay and Lesbian Vaishnava Association online. That sounded kind of German to me. 
That link will also be published at the la- as the last reference in our script. And again, I want to apologize <laughs> because half the words out of my mouth this episode completely butchered everything that you may hold sacred. Exactly. And we, we do really apologize. We wanted to get the information out there and you can read it so the words are spelled um, properly um, so you can read the script online. Um, and then you can also check out that book. And like I said, the link is there and there's a lot of information on that website. But what I found is like one, when I say like, um, like the outdated words, like they use the word transgenders, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, it's a book written by a, at least a gender just a little, politi- just not as politically correct, but not politically corrected today's standards. Back yeah. then it was probably pretty, you know, probably pretty progressive. Exactly. Yeah. It was as, as we evolve in, in language and people are like, Hey, you know, that kind of makes us sound like we're things and not people. And people change that, but like the website and the stuff is old, but the books are still available. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wanted to put a Hindu, I wanted to put a queer Hindu author writing about queer Hindu topics. So that was the best thing I could find. I know that there's other books out there as well. And you're always welcome to comment on our social media and suggest other um, books and references. Um, we would be happy to have that. And we'd also be happy if you guys checked out our Patreon. And, yeah, so uh, that's at patreon.com slash your queer story. Um, we haven't been posting much content on there lately. But it is a way for you to support us um, if you want to help us out, you know, yeah, help keep the podcast it. going. Yeah, we appreciate it. And we will have some more stuff up there. But, um, you know, I just got back from the Philly Trans Conference last week. And now I'm actually finally getting into a rhythm again of being at home. It's mm-hmm. going to be busy with work, but at least. I'm yeah, not, you're coming up on your shit show time. I am coming up on my shit show time. But uh, but at least like I, I do have a set schedule, whereas like in the summer I travel and do so much stuff that. It's right. really hard to get things done. But um but yeah, it's a good way to support us. We also have our shop so you can buy our merch on uh, there. Yeah. The mug is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Got the mug. We got and the- got lots of shirts, flip flops. Flip flops mm-hmm. are kinda going out of season, but um I'll probably put some more stuff up soon. Yeah. Just depends on time and if people reach out and say they're interested in things. Yeah, tell us what you want. If you were thinking, Hey, I would really use this or I would like this kind of merchandise, I'd buy that. We'd be happy to. Also, we did submit our um, donation to prison. We might have said that last time, but uh, um, just so you know, if you were following, we said we were going to donate from our proceeds from June, and we did. Yep. Um, that was the Providence Youth uh, Student Youth Movement. So we've done good things. We're going to continue to do the good things. Um, oh, I don't think we're going to cover the person. I think we are. We next week. Um, it's kind of dovetails on what I picked up from the Philly Trans Conference, but we're going to talk about queer liberation movements around the world, and we're going to talk about the queer liberation movement versus the gay rights movement and what the difference is and um, how that affects us today. Um, So there was a really good discussion that I heard, and I want to pass that information along. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our allied hookers. Oh, succulent sapphists. And our proud homocrats. Um, and uh, sodomite. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.